Welcome to the Limitation is Rise podcast. On this episode, I have a superhuman guest in Ryan Proctor, who is a videographer for the fitness world. He helps people who are used to hiding away in the gym with all this knowledge and skill and ability to change people's lives. He helps them get out into the real world, out into the massiveness of social media and share their skills with the world. Uh, Ryan, thank you very much for being here. And can you just give a brief intro as to who you are in case that didn't make any sense to people? Yeah, man. No, thanks. Thanks for having me. I think that intro was was pretty solid. But essentially, in a nutshell, uh, I help fitness businesses easily create content to have a excellent online presence. That is very concise. You have your elevator pitch down. Brilliant. Oh, 100%. I literally think whenever I'd found out, I'd read like a book. It was like one up by Donald Miller, like build your story brand. And he had said in it, you know, like the caveman test, like if, if you can't grunt out what you do and it isn't in the most simplest terms and a, and a caveman can't understand it, then you need to work on it. And I think that was one of the first things I implemented from that book. So now I just have it nailed down to where if anybody asks, it's like straight in. There we go. That's awesome. Because just thinking like you work with so many personal trainers and they don't have that. Yeah. You'll say, what do you do? And they'll go, well, I can help you with this. And they'll start to like almost sell at the person like straight away. Whereas getting that down like that as a PT or as any sort of like coach at all um, will be amazing for them growing and then connecting with the people around them. So that sort of leads me to my first question. How did you get into making, so we chatted just before we came on the call and I was saying like whenever I used to just do PT work, this didn't exist. Like nobody even, like I remember when I start. I started doing videos in about 2013 or something like that. And that was weird. People were like, what are you doing? You're giving away your exercises. You're like, yeah, what? Yeah. So how did you get into this? How did this become a business for you? Um. I guess how far back do you want to go? Do you want to go from like when I first got into like videography and how that started and then transition into first yes. client and building the business? So um brief backstory then. So like my my wife is is a wedding photographer. She's been doing photography since she was like 14, 15. Perfect. And we uh she had signed up with like a business mentor and he had pretty much said to her you know you're gonna need to use like certain softwares to make your life a lot easier so adobe lightroom was one of those softwares so she came into me one night and said um would you be able to watch youtube videos pretty much learn this software learn how to use it learn how to edit and then just teach me kind of what i need to know um because like i don't mind like i can sit and watch youtube for hours where uh julie has a wee bit less patience she likes to be more of a hands-on person just getting behind the camera shooting and, and figuring it out that way so then i picked up her camera in my spare time then i was watching videos on you know aperture iso shutter speed essentially how to take a photo and on that journey i came across peter mckinnon because he had kind of just exploded onto the scene at the time i think this was like maybe 20 15 maybe 2016 and and around those years um so used his kind of youtube uh as a place to learn photography learn lightroom but then going through that i obviously saw his video tutorials and things like that so i've always been a massive movie buff always love documentaries so like i'm definitely that person that just like would have went to the cinema 
like two times a month or three times a month, like depending on the films that were there. I was always there. I was always watching movies. Uh, I would always watch like a range of movies. There's nothing really that I wouldn't watch. So the whole idea of producing videos like really excited me. So yeah. I then, with the camera we had at the time, flicked it in the video mode and just started shooting like short coffee videos because um, I'm a big, massive coffee fan like I love the stuff so I was like shooting videos of me on my v60 videos in the coffee shop I was working in of me doing latte art and I was doing that for maybe three three to four months maybe six months um just didn't really say anything didn't really put the videos online anywhere um and that was kind of it so one day on Facebook then uh, a coach called Ben Heron um not sure you've heard of him sure yeah. how many of your listeners have heard of him um I had known Ben Heron from years back when we both worked in Starbucks I actually trained him up on his first day on, on how to make coffee so he essentially had put out um like a Facebook post to send does anybody know any videographers like I have a project um that I need help with any recommendations you know would be greatly appreciated and I messaged him and said look this is something like I I've been doing um I'd love to obviously help you out I don't mind doing it completely for free because if it's absolutely wick you can take whatever budget you have and go pay a professional uh, and he agreed he was more than happy to so I literally watched every fitness YouTube video I could on the lead up to that um and then went in shot the video Ben loved it and he then became a long-term client, still a client to this day, still a great friend to this day. Um, but he was kind of similar to yourself. Like you obviously started posting exercises. He was kind of one of the first, well, the first I've seen anyway, I'm not sure if, if any other was kind of doing it in the same kind of space as him to really use video to make his business life easier. You know, a lot of stuff we would have shot would have been exercise libraries. It would have been onboarding videos. It would have been systems videos, educational videos for his members lab. Um, and that's then how I kind of geared myself in towards the fitness industry that way. That's awesome. There's so much to unpack there. The The reason I wanted <laughs> you to go right back to the start is I work with a lot of people uh, in my mentor and they would say, oh, sure, you can't really make money doing that or I'm not really skilled enough to do that or I'd love to do that, but I can't. And that's why I want you to go back to the start because you're in a coffee shop making coffees doing a wee bit of art and then thinking, I got a video of this. I'm pretty good at this. This will make a wee nice wee video and then skip a few years down the line. And this is what you do now full time. And again, it came from such a random direction of someone saying, I couldn't be bothered watching that going, you watch it. And you're like, all right, okay. Uh, so just sort of shows that you can, like I was talking about this recently, that inspiration can come from anywhere. So you didn't go down that road to be a videographer, but you found someone like Peter. Did you go to him live? And he was in that um, Belfast event, remember a couple of years ago, Peter and Cody Warner and all that. Oh, yeah, stuff. yeah. Uh, Power Video. Yeah, I actually, um, I went to, I went to Power Video one year. I actually have a really funny story. Probably, I don't know if I should share it on the, on the podcast. Yeah, sorry, I went <laughs> behind me and I was looking around. So, uh, Jesse, Jesse Driftwood, who was kind of like a part of that gang. At the time. I love Jesse's stuff. Yeah. So he, the part of video I went to, I think it was like Peter McKinnon, Matty Hapoya, like Jesse Driftwood were there. And it was like during one of the breaks. And like I'd went, I'd, like I didn't know the officer hall at all. So I was just like looking for a toilet. And I think I ended up stumbling into like their toilets. 
So I was randomly like just taking a pee at the urinal and like Jesse Driftwood walked in and literally like mid-flow, I just started talking to him, which is completely like out of character for me. And I was just like, oh, like I'd love to get a photo, but you know, obviously after we're done here and it was just like a really like awkward experience, but we ended up, we got the photo. Uh, we didn't really speak of the toilet incident again, but <laughs> photo anyway, it was great. And I think I got a photo with Peter McKinnon as well um, at that event. Uh, but yeah, that was that was a great event. Like I went to it, I think maybe the second or third year it was on. Um, and I think it was just great as well because obviously like making a, a career as a creative, I don't think is really tangible in Northern Ireland yet. So to yeah. obviously have people from across the water and in Europe who are absolutely killing it, one, as, as a passion, but two, they've made that into a very uh, profitable business. Mm-hmm. Um, was obviously this great inspiration on my end to know that there's no reason why even if it is a wee bit slower that that can't be a reality for me here in Northern Ireland as well um, and I think obviously we're maybe you know two or three years down the line and it, it kind of is at that point now That's awesome and again the good thing about social media and everything is you can have clients from all over the world you don't need to have the clients just be based like what I'm doing at the minute people from all over are just sending me videos and I edit them instead of I don't even have to go and find them and shoot them or anything um so back to when you got into all of this so whenever you whenever you decided that you were going to get into the video videography do you think you would have without him posting that do you think you would have went in anyway do you think it was was it eating at you really like because I know there's so many people that make videos and sit on them they sat on them for ages. So was it eating at you to post and get it out there? Or what was holding you back? And, and then obviously Ben coming along, was that we push that you needed? But was it eating at you? What was holding you back, I suppose, is my question. I think, yeah, I think like creating stuff and not posting it, like at that time and probably still to this day, like it's something that like kind of was probably eating away at me. Like I love just to share the process. And even if something I put out, even if I was to put it out like today and you know, obviously it was, it would be good for where I'm at at this time, but like in a year's time, I'd almost have to do the same thing and implement new techniques mm. or, or anything there that I've, that I've learned. Like that video I shot with Ben, you can still find it on YouTube. I still go back and laugh at it. But again, if I look at that to the videos recently that I've shot, you know, it's like chalk and cheese. If I was to look at, at that video that was four years ago or five years ago, and look at now and be like, well, there's not really much of a difference. I'd have to have a good look at myself and be like, what have you been doing? That <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So at that time, because I was like, I, I was posting a lot of like coffee photos. I actually like started like a coffee blog. Um, and, you know, like companies were sharing that. And I was kind of having a few conversations with companies that way. And they wanted to send me coffee, take photos of it or send me some equipment. And I was kind of like, you know, I could, I could do this for video as well. And kind of during that, first six months of when I was playing about with the video and things like that, I kind of came to the decision that whether it be photography, whether it be videography, like that was going to be like the backup plan. So at that point, the main plan was to become as skilled in kind of making coffee, the whole coffee uh, customer experience and eventually open my own coffee shop and with then further plans to open a roastery, maybe further down the line. So it was kind of like if you know that all didn't work out or if that didn't come quick enough, 
I had this to fall back on. You know, I was having another skill to kind of add to that. Um, and then just over time, like plan switched to where videography became plan A and opening a coffee shop became plan B. Um, so yeah, I think like, I, I, I probably would say like, I'm not a person to start something and not see like a purpose of it, like within my life. If, if I don't see any purpose in something, I'll probably give it up in the first couple of weeks because I'll be like, right, I need to find the next thing to focus on. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously once I had I learned Lightroom and I started to obviously begin photography and kind of passed that on to Julie and then was doing video. Um, and even after that, like I continued to do photography with Julie. I, I second shot with her and her business for a couple of years, like at the wedding scene. Um, so yeah, it was, it then became like, okay, there's, there's a purpose to this. I'm, I'm determined to get better at it. And then kind of once Ben came along and just gave me an opportunity to then obviously shine on the video side. And we were both very happy with the work that was put out at the time. Um, it just kind of then snowballed from there. And just as a side note, I love that lots of people say, I really love coffee. Like, I don't think you understand. I love coffee. But what they mean is they drink it like every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas when you say you love coffee, you're at a stage, you're dreaming. Probably somewhere in there, you will have your roastery at some at some stage in yeah, your life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I love the passion that, that comes through. And like you said, if it doesn't have a purpose, so with purpose comes passion. So you're seeing the, the passion, the purpose moving forward. So say this is something that, that I've noticed with a lot of the PTs that I know is they won't do video. I'm not good on camera. I don't know what to say. Sure, I'd just be copying them or or have no real specialty or or any number of excuses. How would you get me started if I was a PT and I don't do like first of all, is it worth a PT doing videos and getting an online presence, getting their brand up there? And secondly, if it is useful, how do you what magic words have you got for them to get to get them started? Yeah, so I think the obviously start with the first question, like, is it a necessity? Like, I think we've all learned coming out of the pandemic, like how much a necessity to have an, an, an online presence is. You know, a lot of people when the pandemic came and everything shut down, like literally everything shut down, their business shut down, their life shut down, everything happened there. Whereas if you had an online presence and you had built a platform or began to build a platform or even gotten out of the uncomfortableness and awkwardness of, of being online mm-hmm. then you were able to continue to provide value you could maybe sell low ticket products you could maybe sell high ticket products um, and then survive the previous two to three years that we've just went through with with covid so obviously now that we're coming out of it then they say that we'll never be faced with a situation like that again they also said we wouldn't be faced with the situation in the first place so i would still be looking to be as present in many different realities as possible, whether it's you're present obviously on the gym floor, you're networking there with the, you know, the people that are on the gym floor, uh, but also then being present online and continuing to build an online presence for the foreseeable or for a sake of that we ever do get shut down again. Obviously, if you're an online coach and that is your whole kind of business model, then it is vital that you're online because you're looking to attract clients from anywhere in the world or even if not anywhere in the world from the most northern part to the most southern part of the country that you reside in. And you as one person will not physically be able to go and do all that. So you need to be able to reach as many people as possible, obviously in the online space. Um, In terms of when getting started with video content and 
I guess well probably the, the track back is it is video a necessity like or could you just use images or could you just use graphics I always recommend using a combination of all three because it will give you great variety and it also takes less pressure off you as a business owner having to maybe constantly create images or just constantly create graphics or just constantly create video if you're working between a number of different methods it means then you can have your on and off days if you're having an off day we don't want to be in front of the camera of any capacity you know you can create carousels you can create graphics and you can just do that and still provide value and keep that online presence growing um, but as we've kind of learned this past year, a lot of social platforms are focusing a lot more on video content. So obviously we had TikTok explode during the pandemic and it's continuing to grow. And we then had Instagram move and they have released it and saying that they would be in the future planning to be a more video based uh platform obviously they want to compete with tiktok they want to be seen as the number one platform for content creators and for uh visuals so that's why reels and everything are, are kind of the rage for people because they want to blow tiktok out of the water so even if you are wanting to build an online presence the uh having to do video will come at a point because for you to obviously grow organically as much as possible you're going to need to produce the content that these platforms want to promote um and as i say at the minute it looks like video that is the method that that, that is going forward and then probably lastly then like the magic words i i say to coaches is just that i know it's uncomfortable like even till this day, even though it's my job and I create content on a weekly basis, there is an ele element of me that still finds it uncomfortable. But as I've done it more, I have found my rhythm. I've almost found a comfort zone in the uncomfortable that enables me to still show up on camera and produce the content that I want to put out on my platforms. I like that idea of like that ties perfectly with the way you described the video you did with Ben. Yeah. you just get out do that you're still a bit uncomfortable but the more you do it the more you're going to get better and that's proven by when you started because I, I would chat to a lot of coaches and i would just say start just start with anything just do stories to start if if it's the worst thing you've ever seen in your life don't delete it just it'll delete itself in 24 hours and just get used to speaking on camera and being around camera and, and being there and then following people like yourself so you can see well what does it look like for someone who does this as a living and then follow the people that you follow yeah, <laughs> yeah. Start, just start learning like you did with youtube and lightroom and everything because even without the the pandemic and stuff there's only a so much you can earn from being an on-floor trainer like a fitness coach on the floor like having some of the guys i've met in the last two years that are crazy successful still are doing the floor stuff because they love it but they've got so much on the background that uh, like online as well that takes them there uh takes them to the money that whenever you talk to some pts that are just pts they they wouldn't fathom that happening they'd be like no i could never make that They're like well you could if you diversified a little bit so whenever whenever i started doing my initial youtube channel i used to get a lot of shit for you very low views and you very low subscribers and i would be saying to them well that's not my goal isn't views and subscribers. I'm so busy that I'm making videos that save me time. So when someone comes and says the exact same thing that somebody else said a million times, I would go, here's a video series 
on that go on, go and go and do that so even that would you suggest that will be somewhere that's easy to start with for uh, fitness ga- guys and gals because they have that's their knowledge and they just need a video of themselves teaching movements teaching stuff that saves them time is that something that you would suggest to people or yeah like i think you're going to obviously be most comfortable talking about something that you know inside and out you know like you have no pressure on yourself to feel like am i going to mess this up am i going to say something wrong if it's conversations you're having day in day out like check-ins or like how many steps you should be getting or how much protein you should be eating or how much sleep you should be getting you will easily enough be able to talk about that on camera because you have been doing so for the past like number of years so if you were going to start with recording content that is going to serve you and your business, um, systems videos and onboarding videos would be where I would start. Um, I think if, if you're just wanting to get started, like in general, just as you had said there, like stories are a great place um, because you can just hop on. You can kind of do it in the moment. It kind of seems like you're just on FaceTime to the whole world or however many people you have followers to. So, you know, there's not a lot of pressure. And again, you can put into that as much as you want to. Um, I feel like whenever it comes to the setting of, you know, you have a camera in front of you, you may have several lights all built around you. Like that just adds to the nerves because it it, it feels uncomfortable. Like when, when I do client testimonials, however many clients are there for me to record, I make sure to set them all down and be like, look, I know this field is uncomfortable. Like this is an everyday life, having two cameras in your face, having lights completely around you. Um, it's, it's not a comfortable experience. I've been there. And again, I share with them how I still find it uncomfortable to a certain extent. But then obviously, like, well, when we're doing the client testimonials, I say it's it's a conversation. It's not an interview. I'm going to ask you questions that you can give me as literal or, or as much as you want in the answer. Uh, and I think, again, we're trying to make the, the, the environment as comfortable as possible. So going back to it then, coaches talking about what they do day in, day out, whether they record it on their phone or they record it through their webcam or whatever it is, um, would be a great place to start whenever you're thinking about what content can I start creating now that will serve a purpose for me and my business? Brilliant. I'm just thinking, I used to, when I did the testimonial stuff, I used to hit record immediately and say, don't worry about it and chat for ages. And then we would have the conversation. And then I would like, usually what happens is I go over and press record. And for some reason, that's a wee switch in the person's brain and they start to get nervous. You've been on camera for the last 10 minutes. It's been recording you this whole, uh, you didn't know you were supposed to be nervous you weren't nervous and that i found it always went one of two ways one was they would relax oh well i've been on camera this is easy and they'd relax or the other one would be like oh fuck you've been recording me this whole time look at the shape yeah. of me and you're like i'm not gonna use that stuff i just had you there um i want to go back to the documentaries because i didn't know that you were a big documentary fan and that's what i wanted to know how you got into doing like Rather than just doing videos for clients, that's just random, like look at me in the gym and look at this thing and look at this. And it's just stuff happening and people then looking at that and going, I could be part of that stuff happening. You actually create many documentaries where the client talks and they like by the end of your video, I know that person. And then I realize, fuck, I don't actually know that person. I don't even follow that person. <laughs> it's like, I don't know them at all. But that connection, it reminds me of work in the comedy circuit and you when a comedian gets off the stage you know how many 
you know their family you know what they did before you know everything about them whereas other areas like like i worked in, in magic and um, coaching and everything the coach tells you what they do not who they are so my, my question that this was one i did come on with i was wondering how you get into the documentary but you loved documentaries so that would do it but how do you approach making the documentary for your client so it was kind of one of those things where like well in terms of documentaries like I'll, I'll probably watch like most documentaries but my ultimate favorite are like sports so like the last dance i was up like monday morning at like 8 a.m every week for that being on like not only a massive michael jordan fan i followed that whole bulls like career even though it was mostly after like i was born but when i was getting into playing basketball and things like that like michael jordan was who i wanted to be i was that phrase i want to be like mike and I then watched that whole thing. I'd watch games, I'd watch tape and try and bring it into my own game. Now I was never obviously anywhere as good as those guys, but like, I, I just love that documentary and any kind of sports documentary then it kind of just keeps me hooked. And it kind of came to a point where in my own kind of fulfillment as a creative, like what was I happy doing or what did I want to push on and do more of? And I guess for me then it was like, look, let's start creating documentaries. Like a goal of mine, you know, maybe five, 10 years down the line would be to create a sports documentary for whether it's a local team or a big team. And obviously no one's going to call me just out of the blue one day and be like, oh, I heard from so-and-so, this is your dream. So we're just going to com put complete faith in you and, and, and give you like a chance there. And then also, would I be confident enough after that conversation? <laughs> like, Flip, yeah, yeah, like I can really do this. So obviously, uh, it was one of those things and I was like, look, let's see if there's a, a, a kind of a market for this where we can maybe have a documentary, but also make it kind of business orientated for it to have a purpose within a coach's business. So the first client that we kind of approached with it, I just remember hearing his story and just being in complete awe of it, like kind of the journey he had had and then how he then had used that to then become a coach. So the first kind of, the first one we did was with a coach called Martin Brady. He has a program called the Built to Lead program. Um, and pretty much in summary, he went from throwing everything into being a, a boxer to then joining the army, being decorated within the army and knowing that he had a much bigger purpose in helping people's lives and then became an online coach um, and runs probably one of the most successful online coaching business that I know of to date. Um, so like whilst he was telling the story, I kind of just pitched it to him and was like, look, I, I'd love to tell this in a documentary format um, and kind of from a personal reason, here's the benefits, but from a business reason, like here's the benefits. Obviously we know in business we should be our content should be mainly focused on our client successes and our client stories, but we also know how important know, like, and trust is. So yeah. they don't know you if they don't like you and if they don't trust you, they're not going to be all that engaged when you post client wins, unless it's massively relatable to where they're at in their life at that time. Mm -hmm. So this was one way to kind of completely hash out know, like, and trust in maybe a 30 minute setting now there's ones i've done since that where it has been one 10 minute episode and we've conquered the exact same things but the very first one i did i said look let's split it into three episodes kind of before middle and end so we had the uh, martin's childhood and his boxing career which then flipped into when he joined the army which then went through his army career um and then the progression then into being an online coach um and 
we we produced it we made it we did a filming session in Belfast we went to a boxing club and, and got things like that done we then went for a trek up the Mourns um, we did Steve Donner to try and emulate those army days because a lot of his story was out on treks and even his brother then joined us for that who was also in the army with him as well and then we went down and visited him in Cork to obviously film the, the coaching element and we got a couple of his clients in to give testimonials just again to add um, kind of authority to what he had been saying up until this point and one of the really cool things was that uh, one of his clients now was like his officer when he first joined the army and there's a, bit, there's a bit in the documentary where Martin talks about he's in the lineup and he wasn't very tall you know he wasn't very built um, and and this officer comes up to him and says does your mother know you're here you know, kind of making kind of a joke about what are you doing here? You know, that kind of thing. And he even says on from that, he had to get his uniform tailor made. And even the tailor was kind of like, I've never had to do this before. (laughs) He overcame that adversity to a point where he created a business that that officer then saw that he could bring him value in return and was then his client. I think he's still his client to this day. Um, so just telling stories like that and, and unraveling that and obviously sharing it to potential clients who want the same thing, who want to be coached by a similar style or a similar person, and they can then see the groundwork they've done up until this point to merit being that coach um, and have the authority to be that coach and obviously the ability to get the results that they want. It's like a massive version of what most PTs use, which is word of mouth. They use the word of mouth in their area. And they hope that when you join my gym, you'll tell your friend, Liam's class, why don't you go and join Liam? Whereas if you get that out there and show the professionalism and do do something that brings you to light, like you said, like your entire journey, that that's going to build that know, like, and trust way faster than like how many times have you asked your mate to go to your favorite coffee bar and it takes about four or five attempts just to get them i'll buy it it's uh whatever coffee you drink come to this one you it's unreal and it still takes a bit of pushing because they still don't know the area and they're used to what they they like like i've chatted to people who love their personal trainer but they're getting no results you're like would you not try somewhere else like you're not getting the results that you want no I don't really know anyone else that's it's never i don't want to it's i don't know anyone and at least i know this person so it's just a, a an amazing idea to get people to know like and trust you very fast and plus a documentary just me I, I feel when i watch a documentary that i'm kind of there like it's, i'm waiting for my turn to be asked and what did you think he looked like a normal person i don't know why he murdered everybody he seems yeah. so calm. <laughs> uh, that's how most murder ones go anyway my favorite yeah. documentary is big river man okay i tell everybody to watch it it's about a guy that decided to swim the amazon river okay and it just look it up it goes it gets fucking mental as like i love it um which kind of threw me as to where i was so whenever we will come back to um the coaching if you were to approach somebody how do you overcome this is going to take ages this is going to be really difficult for me i don't have good ideas like how do you overcome that with someone getting started um 
But I think like in terms of the no good ideas, a very easy place to start is by just going through all content you've already posted. So go into your insights or scroll through your feed and anything that obviously got like a lot of engagement, whether it be a lot of likes or a lot of comments, just simply reword that in a video format. Um, again, a, a part of inside you has already written that piece of content, has already delivered that value, so you know it. Again, it, it would be a more comfortable experience than having to create new ideas from scratch. Um, and again, I think whatever you had said there, obviously you were you, you were saying about a different point about you know when you started your YouTube, it was low followers um, and low kind of uh, views and things like that. If for some reason you're on Instagram and you've built a following of over like 10,000 by just using like imagery or, or any other means, and you're then kind of stuck in a point where you have to start to use video, I'd rather have got comfortable and figured out my process with video when I had 100 followers compared yeah. to having 10,000 followers. So that should be motivation to start because obviously we all have the objective to grow our online presence. If we're mm -hmm. going to be on social media, we're going to be on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever it may be, like we're there for it to serve a purpose and to serve that purpose, it needs to grow. It needs to get in front of more eyes. So I'd rather suck, <laughs> have less eyes on me compared to when I have more eyes on me um, because then the pressure would just be amplified. So in terms of where to start, go back through old posts and any ones that, that got good traction, just maybe rejig them a wee bit in terms of copy, or you might not even have to, because if it's that far down, people won't remember it. So you could literally say it word for word in front of the camera. Um, and then in terms of starting, again, it's better to start now than to start when there's kind of bigger things at stake in terms of more eyes being on you, it being more comfortable and things like that. Nice. Um... <laughs> The, the other thing that comes up loads is I don't want to copy. Like sure, James Smith already said that or yeah. Terry from the gym around the corner already did a video about push-ups. If I do a video about push-ups, they're just going to think, oh, you're fucking copying Jimmy here. Mm -hmm. So how, how my version of telling people to overcome that is just it does, it's coming from you. It doesn't matter. Like they didn't invent push-ups. Like you just, you, you are... I try to get across to the clients that they are the person that the the their clients are coming to, they're gravitating towards. It's not fuck. He's showed this magical exercise called a push up. That I'm going there because he's got a shiny, fancy tool. It's them. So, have you any less blunt ways of putting it across that um, it's not about copying and and it's about intent and it's about like helping your followers, helping your clients and helping your business essentially. Yeah, I think I was actually speaking to a gym owner about this yesterday and it's kind of similar to what you're saying. Obviously they have their uniqueness and how they approach their content and that's very much like the, the selling point because they're being them and they're bringing to it even if it's topic is talked about a lot. But one thing as well that we suffer from as professionals is the curse of knowledge. So generally like coaches follow other coaches so they see day in, day out the content that those coaches are creating. So obviously, if you have three coaches that you've seen during a week, you're all covering the topic of protein intake, you feel like you're copying them, but you need to put yourself in the seat of your client. Your clients don't follow a hundred or a thousand other coaches for inspiration. They're looking for one or two coaches at a time. And 
the likelihood of you covering the exact same topic at the exact same time is very unlikely. You know, you've, as a coach, you're probably scrolling through your feed right now, or you have been scrolling through your feed today, and you've seen James Smith, you've seen Jamie Alderton, you've seen any other high guys talk about getting your steps in for a calorie deficit. Mm-hmm. So you feel like that's all you've heard, that's all that's out there. But your clients have got Keeping Up With The Kardashians or, or Love Island on their feed or whatever sports competitions all at the time or, you know, e-entertainment or whatever it is that they're on Instagram for, they're not seeing that day in, day out. So yeah. again, you take this topic, you simplify it down and deliver it in a way that you understand it easily and then also your client can understand it easily. Um, and again, yes, it, it, it is very easy to see as... Well, we, we frame this mindset that we are copying, but again, we are providing value in our own unique way. And obviously, if we look at getting in shape as a whole, you know, no one's really reinventing the wheel. Well, for general pop anyway, you're not going to get very scientific. You're not going to get up based on, you know, this guy did this research and that guy did that research. It's very basic. You know, we need to break those basic terms down. And there's a lot of coaches within the gen pop market. So they're going to be breaking those down, but all those potential clients and, and, the, and the customers you want to work with will not be watching all those other coaches. They'll be watching you and waiting for you to provide enough value for them to then buy into your program. It's such a strange environment, the fitness world, because like you would never see a heart surgeon being like, he copied me, him doing that triple bypass. That's exactly how I do it. You'd be like, yeah, that's because this works. Same yeah. as calorie counting. I don't want to talk about calorie counting. Do you think it would help your clients? Oh, I. Yeah. James Smith talked about it a week ago. And you're like, yeah, and he will today, and he will tomorrow, and he will in a week. And he wrote a whole book about it. I was like, that's, it's because it works. Like, I don't like talking about my fitness pal, but it works. It's teach them how to do it. Yeah. And when you teach them, you'll teach them again in a week, and you'll teach them again in another week when they go, but I was eating rice. And it's different now. You're like probably put in a different type of rice. Did you did you put it in cooked or on cooked? We eating it on cooked. Like what were you doing with this rice? That was a Muller rice. Oh, that would be why. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I uh, think uh, one of one of like the best piece of advice I was given in terms of like if you feel like you're repeating yourself. Um, there was a a friend of, friend of mine. He owns like a wedding photography business. And he literally said to me, he was like, look, every 12 posts on Instagram, if I have nothing new, I'll post the exact same photo and just rejig the copy or rejig the story a bit. Because, and then he asked me, he was like, can you remember what I posted four posts ago? And I was like, I can't even remember what you posted yesterday. And he was like, exactly. Like, we think that we have so many eyes on us when in fact we don't, even if we have like 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 followers, the likelihood of all 30,000 seeing that message and remembering that message is near enough impossible. Near Your whole following seeing your content is impossible anyway. Like we know that organically we're looking at, you know, five to 10% margins of your actual following seeing your content. So like what you posted about my fitness pal, you could literally in three weeks time post the same topic but just slightly reword it. So again, if it was about like how to enter food, it could be like how to enter food, which maybe if you've got one from Tesco's or one from Asda, like how do we do this? Obviously it's all based around scanning the barcode or typing in keywords, 
but you're just changing how you're getting to that M, that kind of yeah. M piece of value. Um, so yeah, like I think that's definitely one thing I, I always say to the coaches, especially when it's at, we come back to that topic of, you know, like what should I start creating? Okay, look at old posts that work well. Oh, but I've already done that. Yeah, do it again, but do it differently. <laughs> like yeah. So we are in. I I actually saw this on Twitter, and I resonated with it so much that content creation is pretty much repeating yourself and not losing enthusiasm. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. We want to keep repeating ourselves. We want to be as excited about the hundredth time we spoke about it compared to the first time we spoke about it. So take, take that mindset in the content creation. Like you, you don't have as many eyes. Well, pro- similar terms like this, when it, whenever coaches tell their clients who don't want to train in the gym, they normally say to like, nobody's actually watching you, even though it feels like it. That's exactly the same in content creation. And when you're posting, nobody's actually watching you. It just feels like it. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And the people, the people that do engage with it, nobody as a human learns everything the first time. They don't go, oh, that's how that works. That's me forever. Like you go back, same as in the gym. If you want a bigger chest, you don't go, but sure, I benched five years ago. Like that's I've done that. You like, yeah, you probably need to do that over and over again. Uh, so obviously, if I want to create all this content and, I, and I'm listening here now and I'm thinking, right, this is actually something I could do and I could start with stories and I could start getting into doing more videos. I obviously need to buy all of the best equipment in the world. So the best mics and the best cameras and everything. Can Is that true? Do I need everything, everything. that's all of that? Or can I start with what I have, which is my phone probably? I was sarcastically, in case people didn't get that, saying I need to buy everything top quality, the bestest of the best. Yeah, well, uh, short answer is no, you don't. But long answer is I completely get where you're coming from because I still have that uh, kind of thought sometimes in my head when I see a new camera come out or I see a nice big shiny new light come out and I think that's going to completely elevate my work. <laughs> the next level and it's absolute rubbish that's Uh, what i'm missing there that yeah old (laughs) yeah if 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 you're uh as a videographer and i'm sure you've heard this like if if your content is uh or your ability to produce visuals all depends on the light that you have i probably start looking at other things that maybe start into but I had, I had a coach reach out to me and he had said he, he wanted to start showing up on, on stories a lot more. And he was like, you know, what, what mic do you use? You know, what mic would you bring for the client testimonials and things like that? Um, and I let him know about the Roku. It's, it's a mic I would obviously uh, suggest to every coach out there who wants to create video content. But I said to him, yeah. if you're just going to start showing up on stories, you know, the best thing to do, which will make life a whole lot easier, it's kind of the best setup to have is if you have headphones, just stick them in. So if you have AirPods or if you have like wired headphones or any kind of uh, earbuds or whatever, um, they have a mic attached to them. So stick them in, bring your phone up and just speak. And it becomes a whole process of having to find three different cables, connecting this up to that, plugging yourself in, checking audio levels to pop in your earphones, pull up your phone and just start. Mm-hmm. Um, so that as basic as that is, headphones in your mobile that's all you need um if you want to go a wee bit more and obviously get a mic uh the roku is there um you can then for lighting i always suggest like getting right beside a window um or else if 
the environment you're recording in doesn't have accessible windows where it's comfortable, get like a ring light or something and just place it in front of you. Most ring lights now will have a phone holder in the center of the light. So you can literally set it up, pop your phone in there and then let that shine on you and start creating content. Um, so yeah, as tempting as using the excuse of I need all this gear, so I'm not even going to bother starting because I can't afford the gear. Uh, all the gear you need is, is probably in your pocket right now. Um, you just need to know how to use it to like the best ways. So again, if you're on stories, you're in your car running gun, just pop headphones in, you know, that will give you very clean, very crisp audio. If you're recording in the gym, say you're doing like your own exercise library or you're doing any demonstrations, or even if you're just talking to camera and you can set a tripod up or you can set lights up and, and you have the money to invest in a mic, then do that as well. Um, and then lastly, if you don't have time, you're very stressed, you have the funds to hire a content creative agency or a videographer, let them bring all their equipment and completely satisfy that element for you there. That's, that's deadly. So you, basically you're just saying start. Start with what you have and then if you want, build. And you yeah. don't need to stick to, well, I started with a phone, so I need to just be on a phone. You can go, you can do all three. You can have your phone one for on the run. You can set up for your gym stuff and then the other stuff that you want documentary style you can just hire yourself and go like i try to point out across when i when i'm talking about the reels and editing the reels and stuff all you have to do is take an hour out of your day to record 10 20 reels and then that's you done for the month instead of every single day thinking oh, i should record today like what am i going to do today how do i get this done having that little bit of a plan and then having that realizing that most of the reason that you're not doing it is fear it's not about the fancy light or it's not about the like i've had coaches say stuff like i would do my phone but sure i use it for a timer <laughs> buy yeah. a gold school buy yourself a stop like one of the wee father ted stop watching like it's just an excuse usually yeah. the excuse is there to hide the fear of i don't like being on camera and like anything, how are you going to get better at it if you don't practice it? Like, I might, I, I try to say to them, like, imagine your clients coming and saying, I don't really like doing bench press and I don't feel comfortable. You wouldn't go, all right, we'll just not do that then because you'd go, well, why would you? You don't, you've never practiced. You've never done this at home. So there's no reason for you to be good at it. Um, I'm very cautious of your time there. So I don't want to keep you forever. And, and this subject, I could talk for a long time. Uh, just reminded me there that I haven't actually drank coffee in eight years and you love coffee. I'm on the complete opposite boat do here. Do do not know how you get by. <laughs> uh, no, like, for, like co coffee for me is like genuinely uh, a, a taste thing. Like I wouldn't really use it for a caffeine fix, mm. um, but obviously it does help in that element as well um as i say like i used to drink coffee like right up to before bed and i would have been able to fall asleep just like that but i was waking up in the middle of the night at like various times so even though i was able to get to sleep okay i wasn't able to stay asleep so i now have to kind of cut off by by three o'clock so then i'm able to have a, 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 a full night's sleep but yeah like coffee i got completely like absorbed into it you know, probably say a better word like my wife will always say when we first started dating i would have picked her up from the coffee shop she was working in and she would have been like do you want me to bring out a coffee and i was like no i hate the stuff like i absolutely hate the stuff and it was then one night 
we were around at my in-law's house and my brother-in-law brought around an AeroPress and he was like, oh, do you want one? And I was like, I don't really like coffee, so I'll give it a miss. And he was like, no, no, like this isn't like coffee. Sure, why don't you just take like a bit out of the bottom of the jug? So I drank it and it wasn't awful. And I was like, well, maybe, yeah. So then times after that, then every time we went to the in-law's house, they he would make an AeroPress, he would make me a cup. Um, and then I got a job in Starbucks where you're just in coffee every day. Um, so then I was tasting coffee, drinking coffee. I then actually in Starbucks became a coffee master. Now it's a much better title. All, all, all you really get is a black apron and that's about it. Um, but I then had to obviously like every variety Starbucks had, I had to taste it. I had to any kind of coffee that was coming in that we needed to promote. I needed to make sure I could sell it to the other workers so they could sell it to the customers. And yeah, from that then just took various other jobs and coffee shops. Um, and through that time then decided that I wanted to eventually open my own place. So did qualifications bought every piece of coffee equipment under the sun. Like my kitchen's pretty much like a science lab with different jugs and different siphons and funnels and all this here. Um, and the ironic thing is after having a kid, I've went the complete simplistic way possible. I have a batch brewer and a grinder and that's it. It just makes me a big pot of coffee and that's where I get my fix. Um, but yeah, still, I would say my enthusiasm isn't uh, as big as what it was maybe a couple of years ago, but I still enjoy going to new coffee shops, you know, drinking a good cup of coffee. Um, yeah, yeah, it's still good. It's still good. I, I just love your passion for it. And again, why I wanted to pull it back because it just fits with my first thinking at the start of the, the podcast that you can find inspiration and passion anywhere. Uh, the initial story you told there about your, your brother-in-law sort of sounds like how people get into drugs. Just try that. It's all right. Just get into that a wee bit, and then the next thing you're like completely absorbed in the whole in the whole culture. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Like I think I think that's it. Like I, I remember I was going to really touch on it at the start, um, but I'll probably touch on it now. Like I remember whenever I started, you know, even saying about wanting to open up a coffee business. Like my grandparents, like you know, obviously my grandfather, like he had a trade, like. Uh, my granda was a mechanic and then he did body works on, on, on buses and my granny was a nurse. So two, you know, very good jobs that mm. they were in until they retired. So the thought of making a living and being able to support a family from making coffee to then making a living and supporting a family with a camera was a complete mind boggling thing. For the longest time, they would have been like, oh, you know, like it's a nice wee thing to have like on the side, you know, but, you know, make sure you're still getting like a real job. Um, and I, I think it wasn't until I got a job with Jamison's whiskey and I walked in with like a personalized bottle of whiskey, like to my granda that he kind of was like, all right, there's something in this. And then it was shortly after that, then that like my granny was kind of like, then, you know, you know, like what you've done and like what you've created is, 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 is incredible. Um, and obviously now like there, well, uh, my grandma's passed but my granny's like one of my biggest fans. Um, she absolutely loves the work that both me and Julie do. Um, and she's always ranting and raving about, about it. So I think that Northern Ireland essentially is probably still in a time where making money online or making money from anything that is in a traditional trade seems like a very far out idea 
But when you go to the likes of America or any of those other bigger countries, it's not. It's almost like an everyday life there. You know, people are making money doing everything. Um, again, the best thing you can make money out of is something you're passionate about. You know, there's, there's a YouTube channel I watch with Zeke, who's my one and a half year old, and it's literally a guy spray paints like animals, puts them all in a big bucket and then takes them out one by one and just puts them in a bucket of water and shakes them until the paint comes off. He has like 4.1 million followers on YouTube. He doesn't speak English. I think he's like Indonesian. So we don't even understand what he's saying. (laughs) But I can guarantee that with that amount of following and probably with his ad uh, revenue, he is making an absolute killing and is living a very comfortable life. You know, and that's from spray painting toy animals and putting them in a bucket of water and then putting them on grass. And that's the whole thing. Zeke loves it. I'm just completely confused at how someone's doing this and they've made a business out of it. Like yeah. it's incredible. But if, if someone like that can make a business, you can make a business talking about your favorite TV show on a podcast. You can make a business being an online coach. You can make a business being a video editor, a photographer, someone who builds Google drives, someone who builds notions, Trello's, whatever it is, whatever you have a real passion for you can make a living and a career out of it a hundred percent. You just need to follow that passion, meet it with motivation and just endure all the hard times you see through that. That's an awesome way to end this podcast. So we'll end it there. Ryan, thank you very much. Where do people find you? How do people get in touch? How do people get a documentary made about their life? So probably best place to get me on is Instagram. My tag is just uh, Proctor Productions. So my last name followed by Productions. Uh, But I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. uh, Not on TikTok. Might be on TikTok by the time this airs. But main place, Instagram. And then I'm Proctor Productions on all platforms. Cool. I will put links to everything below just so it's easy for people to find you as well. Brian, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Um, hopefully I'll get you back again if you're up for it. Because oh. uh, I know there will be questions off the back of this or people will get started and be like, here, you two made me start this. What the fuck do I do now? Yeah, <laughs> uh, no, 100%. Like, I've, I've really enjoyed my time being on it. Um, so thanks, man. Really appreciate it. Like, it was good. It's good to chat. Like, I think I rarely uh, chat about my past. It was probably something that uh, I need to do a lot more in my own content is, is chat about kind of the journey I've got to this point um so it was good good to go down memory lane good to kind of so i've got exclusives is what you're saying yeah yeah exclusive well that's apart from julie you're the only other person that knows the jesse driftwood and the toilet story and i guess now everybody on the podcast will know the jesse driftwood and the toilet story if it gets back to him hopefully he remembers it if not but yeah that was definitely an exclusive there's not not many people know about that it doesn't seem like something he's going to forget so my Irish guy taking a whiz beside him going, how's it going? Can we have a photo? Yeah. Not right now, but like, <laughs> it, it, It's the fact that after I'd said it, I had to make sure I clarified that I wasn't, you know, just in case he was up for it, you know, he just wanted to move closer and get like a selfie or something. Like not right now, we'll wait till we finish going. Crossing swords, that would be quite yeah, the selfie. We'll, we'll get that photo, but uh, yeah, that, that was 100% an exclusive there. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, Brian, thank you very much for everyone watching and listening. Have a super awesome day, whatever you get up to, and I will speak to you again soon.